Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode in the teaching series. But this isn't just another episode. We are launching a brand new series today on the infamous, on the most beloved of all Psalms, Psalm 23. Now, this is a psalm that most people know about, whether they have a relationship with God or not, whether they've spent much time in the Bible or not. This is just a passage so many people know. And it's the first psalm that most everyone learns. Uh, On our kitchen table, we have this picture that my oldest son drew either at Sunday school one day or he was in school. I don't remember exactly when, but it just, it brings a smile to our face because this is just a psalm that is so well loved. And it talks about God being a shepherd. Now, this idea of of being a shepherd or shepherding is a major motif throughout the Bible. I mean, it is all over the place. And it's not just use of God. Like this is the first time it is used. It's used in connection of God. But this idea of a shepherd was used also in connection to Israel's leadership. So the king and the major leaders were called shepherds. And it was also used in connection to the Messiah that is to come. At least that's how the Old Testament talks about it. And so God is a shepherd. Israel's leaders are shepherds. And the Messiah is going to be a shepherd who's going to lead the people. So it makes total sense why this is an image or a motif that Jesus would have latched upon in the gospel story, particularly in John chapter 10, when Jesus calls himself the good shepherd shepherd. In fact, what's so cool about how the idea of the good shepherd moves into the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, in connection to God, uh, God is called a rock, God is called a fortress, God is called a refuge, God is called a warrior, God is called a shepherd, God is called lots of things. But the image that moves into the New Testament out of the Old Testament is the idea 
of a good shepherd. All those other images do not carry into the New Testament. And so it just gives us an understanding of how important this idea is of God being a shepherd, of Jesus using the language, I am the good shepherd. And so what I want to do is I want to help us to better understand what is going on in Psalm 23. So over the next number of weeks, we're just going to look at another facet of Psalm 23 to understand just how deep and dynamic this passage is. And like all the other passages that we've been dealing with, if you've been following the teaching series for any length of time, um, I believe you're going to learn some things that you never knew before. And as always, we'll talk about. So then how do we walk these out in our lives? All right, so here we go. Psalm 23. Um, this is ascribed to a particular person. So right under Psalm 23 in our Bibles, before we hit verse 1, it says a Psalm of David. And so this is really cool because the person who would become King David, David was a shepherd himself. So he's not talking about God as shepherd disconnected from his own experience like he has literally walked the hills around Bethlehem in the Judean desert. He understands what it is like to be a shepherd. And so David will start off this psalm talking about God being a shepherd, but this was David. So here's uh, probably my favorite picture I've ever taken about uh, a shepherd. And so a little shepherd boy, this is in the Judean desert. He's out there with his sheep and goats. And you go, that, that's like David. That's like what David would have been like when he started being a shepherd. Um, and a number of years ago, I took this on, on a separate trip of a shepherd boy, nice, handsome dude with his flute. And it's like, this is what David would have looked like. I mean, this is the Middle Eastern world. This is, this is David, if you will, who's writing this beloved psalm, Psalm 23. And so verse 1 reads like this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So let's just look at the Lord is my shepherd. What is David getting at when he calls God a shepherd? What did it mean to be a shepherd. Now, I don't know what your experience has been with shepherding or what's even in your mind, but let me show you the image that captures what I thought about shepherding before I ever set foot in the Middle East. Okay, so here is this picture. Nice, big, luscious, green hills. Uh, luscious, I don't know if that's a word, lush. Uh, green hills, and it's just this very beautiful, serene environment. And here is a shepherd out with his flock. And it's like, how hard can it be to do that? Like, it's like you're just babysitting a bunch of sheep in this very serene environment. How hard can it possibly be? Now, this was my idea of shepherding, right? It's just this very, almost kind of like lazy profession, if you will. And then I went to Israel. And here's what I began to understand. This is not the picture of where sheep and goats thrive in the land. 
In fact, here is around Jerusalem is the Judean desert, and it looks very similar to the Negev desert. And you have flocks up here, but this is like prime real estate for where sheep and goats not survive. This is where they thrive. And I can't wait to show you this video clip that my friend Mark took from a drone when we were in Israel just a few months ago to give you an idea of what the landscape looks like. So here we go. This is where sheep and goats thrive in the desert. In fact, you go seriously and you go, yep, because there's a whole flock coming around the hill right here. This is the environment. It is just this bland, bleak, like everything looks the same, rolling hills, dusty area. This is the landscape for sheep and goats. Now check out this passage from Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 3.15, God is talking about a future time and he says, and I will give you shepherds, talking about the people after my own heart who will pastor you with knowledge and skill. And I want to highlight this knowledge and skill because that's what it takes to lead a flock in the land of Israel because it is one crazy environment to lead a flock in. You have all of these harsh environments. You have these unforgiving canyons where sheep will literally just fall right off the hill if you are not leading them well. You've got these treacherous water realities. In fact, here is a video clip of a flash flood I took while living in Israel with a very old camera. That's why it's a bit fuzzy. But you get this sense of, oh my goodness, that's like a torrential like river flow. In fact, this flowed for 24 hours. And flash floods are the number one killer in the desert. In fact, not long ago, almost 20 students were killed in a flash flood in Israel just a couple weeks before I took a group there. And so you have to understand like rainfall and where rain is falling in the hills so that you don't have your flock in a valley where a flash flood will come through and wipe you all out. On the other end of the spectrum of treacherous water realities is that there is drought in the land and you have to understand what part of the land is affected and where you can actually find water. You have to constantly be watching for these persistent predators that want to take out your flock. Bears, you have foxes, jaguars. Now you don't have bears in the land anymore, but you still have foxes and you still have some jaguars. Lions. Those used to be in the land. They're not there anymore, but this was a reality for the ancient shepherds. And wolves are still a persistent predator today. Shepherds have to be cognizant of the poisonous plants that will hurt their flock and keep them away from them. They also have to be aware of these venomous insects, spiders, scorpions. They're all over the desert. 
And so when it comes to a shepherd, it is about knowledge and skill that you have to be able to understand the weather patterns and the routes and where the sheep and goats are going and where you're leading them and what spooks the flock and what allows them to rest. And you have to be constantly on your guard from anything or anyone that would want to harm the flock. It's this unbelievable responsibility to choose and understand any variable that could impact the flock and make sure that you are preemptive, that you are on the front end of it in order to provide for your flock. Friends, when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, He is talking about how God is a savvy shepherd because any shepherd worth their salt must be savvy. And David goes, God, this is a savvy shepherd. He gets it. He understands it. And this is what I love when it comes to the psalmist is that he personalizes it. No flock is ever like just one sheep. Like a flock is a group of sheep and goats. And yet David goes, the Lord is my shepherd. He personalizes it. He internalizes it. He says, yes, I recognize that there's a whole flock here, but this is my shepherd, and he's a savvy shepherd, and he understands what it means to lead me well in this desert experience that I can have. And this is why David will go on and say, because the Lord is my savvy shepherd, if you will, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I will not be in need. And this is what I love about how David launches this psalm is that he is using, right, the physical environment of being a shepherd to talk about his own life. And he's saying, listen, because the Lord is my shepherd, my savvy shepherd, I don't have to want. Or or what my wants are, are going to be in connection to the shepherd. See, see, we live in a world where we are constantly being told, like, you need this in order to be satisfied. And so culture over and over and over again creates this reality that we are lacking and that they have something to solve our needs so that we can be complete. And when we purchase that, when we give ourselves to that, well, then all of a sudden something else pops on the scene. It's this endless reality of, well, I always want, 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 want because I'm being told I'll never be satisfied. And what David goes, no, 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 because I have a savvy shepherd, because my shepherd understands this world, understands the environment, understands what I need, I am putting my trust and my security in my shepherd. And as a result of that, I will not be in want. I won't lack anything because my savvy shepherd will take care of what I need in order for me to have what I absolutely need to thrive in this world. And that's how David launches this psalm. And so as we think about this just in our own lives, where do we find our security? 
Like, do we actually put it into the good shepherd or do we put it into our finances? Do we put it into our job? Do we put it into the reputation that we've built? Like, where do we find our sense of security? Because David goes, let me tell you, it's a crazy world out there. It's a crazy environment. Unless you are being navigated by a savvy shepherd who understands it, you're going to go after lots of things and you're going to find yourself wanting. But if you put your trust, if you put your security in the savvy shepherd who understands it all, you will not be in need. You won't be lacking because this is a God who will know how to provide for your needs. And when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want The rest of the psalm is David helping us to understand how God is meeting his needs in all of these crazy and unique environments and situations in life. And we'll jump into the next one next week. So friends, thanks so much for stopping by. If you are watching this uh, anywhere other than at Walking the Text, feel free to head over there. We'll have discussion questions and some resources. In fact, I'm going to post the resources that will be resources for the entire series. And I'm just going to kind of keep those consistent because there are some really, really great resources I'd love to get your hands on. Uh, So you can go over to Walking the Text at that. And as always, if you just know someone who might be blessed by this series, they may just enjoy jumping in to the teaching series, please share this with them. And as always, may you walk out the text well in your life.